there is a war between the rich and poor, a war between the man and the woman. There is a war between the ones who say there is a war and the ones who say that there isn't. Why don't you come on back to the war that's right, get in it. Why don't you come on back to the war, it's just beginning. Hello everybody, this is Michael Pelias uh, for Prosperity Marxism with my host and good friend Peter Bratzis um, with our, I think it's our seventh episode uh, going forward and uh, we wish everybody uh, safety and good health during the coronavirus, uh, this uh, global pandemic and uh, hope everybody's all right that listens and uh, wishing you the best of health, health and hopefully we'll come out of this uh, in, in, a, in a much better uh, shape uh, you know, socially and uh, economically uh, uh, after it's all over. So uh, that's the hope of the prosperity Marxism. That we don't need more scarcity. We need more material and uh, psychic abundance uh, going forward. Uh, in that light, um, I'm going to begin tonight uh, with an anecdote from back uh, in 2003 during the demonstrations of the against the uh, Iraq war, the entry into the Iraq war. Um, as maybe some people remember, there were well over a million people on the streets. I happened to be one of those million and, and uh, Peter was too. Uh, we were ported in by police barricades, a very controlled uh, march with good signs. And one of the signs that caught uh, Peter's eye, and I remember this too, I think we maybe saw the signs in in uh, you know uh, maybe different signs that have kind of the same meaning was the USA out of New York City out of NYC um, you know that uh, uh, with the implication that it's time for New York City to stand on its own be self-sufficient self-governing etc and I take that and we're going to have a discussion about this that uh, really it should be is New York City should be out of the USA out of what is now constituted as USA and maybe go on its own. And we're gonna to try to discuss the idea of secession, you know, in a, in a substantial way. What would it mean uh, or what would be the first steps as well as what would it mean for New York City and the state of New York to secede from the United States? And maybe we'll extend that to other regional uh, uh, aspects, you know, of an East Coast secession and a West Coast secession, both of whom, uh, both regions being supporters at least of a liberal, you know, policy in the United States, i.e. the liberal moderate Democratic Party versus what we've seen, you know, taking over the rest of the country, the neocon movement, you know, as being one progressive or small step towards something different. We'll certainly hopefully take it way beyond that, but that seems to be at least the, the, the starting point. Um, so uh, I do remember, though, in the 60s, that Norman Mailer ran on a campaign uh, also about New York City getting out of New York State. So that's another thing that we could discuss as well. Uh, you know, he was very, uh, you can YouTube that, actually. I think that those debates are, are actually on YouTube, uh, in which Mailer argues uh, heavily, you know, for 
New York City as a completely separate entity, really an island into to itself in some ways. Well, that's not really the case, but we know that in terms of its political economy, but certainly culturally and you know psychically has been a, uh, an island into itself uh, for a very long period of time. So uh, we'll begin there and I'll, I'll turn it over to Peter. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, USA out of New York or New York out of USA and where do we make the first steps and what, 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 what does this have to do with the electoral uh, politics uh, of our day too? Uh, there is a long tradition, of course, Marxist right. and otherwise, of uh, uh, linking the question of cities and particular spatial organizations to the possibility of democracy. You know, from Aristotle, of course, and the analysis of, of the polis, you know, as the political community and what it means. Uh, through Machiavelli, I think, in some important ways. Uh, uh, and then from uh, uh, the Paris Commune, of course, in various other examples, Paris of 1968 and other moments, there is a long literature in the United States, maybe between people who've been influenced by Henri Lefebvre on this question of cities, people like David Harvey and others, and, uh, and Murray Bookchin, I think, very much so, who advocated a notion of uh, what he, his term, which I think is not a good one, you know, we can come up with much better terms, um, municipal libertarianism is his term. Uh, on, on the, 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 the necessity, in a sense, of the concrete community, people who live together, let's say, constituting themselves as a political uh, organization, a political community, um, which you cannot do, you know, in the United States. The United States is too big. It's, you know, is beyond the possibilities of, there is a national political community, but it's not a concrete one. It's based on abstracted, principles. You know, it is a, as uh, uh, Benedict Anderson, of course, and others uh, 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 term it, an imagined community, which in a sense, every community is imagined in a way, but there's a difference when the connections exist purely in abstracted formal ways, as opposed to when people actually live together physically, share the same spaces, walk the same streets, ride in the same subways. And if one thing, of course, the current pandemic shows us is that distinction. Because as you see, there are, the responses are very much concrete and thus very localized. And you have concrete problems and uh, 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 dilemmas that you have regional cooperation. You know, and there have been, of course, there are many moments of this, of circumventing Washington, D.C., and the governors of New York and California and Massachusetts and so forth come together to coordinate their own efforts and responses to the crisis. And, of course, we have also have cases of uh, uh, governors hiding, for example, there was a case in Chicago, of course, where they ordered... Uh, uh, masks or other gear from China, and they hid the transportation so as not to get ambushed by federal agencies who might take 
for themselves the materials. Right. So it's really acting as sabotage. Yes. Uh, basically, of right. uh, yeah. Acting yeah. as so, a criminal so, organization that sabotages needs for the people, which is very interesting right. at this point, too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. certain things become more visible. You know, and we started talking about it more after the election of Donald Trump. You know, I had suggested at that time maybe the most fruitful response would not be, well, let's get a Democrat, you know, elected as president next and how horrible. Maybe at that point, certainly, people are so appalled by Trump and his victory, that was fertile grounds for encouraging, you know, the movement to liberate New York City from the United States. It's even more fertile now, I would say, given all that's going on. It's an ideal time, yeah. you know, given the situations. Right. But it's not simply a, a kind of, you know, a, a provocative idea, oh, let's no, throw this not, out. We're not people. dealing with this whimsy. Is, I no, this is, I think this if is you are- This is not a whimsical notion. This is right. very serious. Yeah, it, it, many people, have, for them, it's unthinkable, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And this is right. one of the, the problems. The libidinal uh, uh, constitution of the United States and how it touches on individuals and how American they feel. So it's very hard to break from that identification. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you ask the question, what are the material preconditions for the possibility of democracy? This is one of them. It's not the only one, but this is one of them that we have to deal with concrete communities. Right. Concrete and communities. And also, I think a precondition for representative democracy, if we want to stay that way, and also really opens up the possibility ultimately for direct democracy. If we, you yes. know, if done correctly, so we we yes. should keep that in mind too. That we are we've been dealing with a long time on this show and in other venues, the failure of electoral politics, and really in a way we are, you know, trying to propose some kind of anecdote to that, or at least a, a possibility and a very real possibility too. I mean, you know, and I think it goes well beyond this, as we said earlier, whimsy or. You know, it's just in the imagination. This is something that could practically be done. And it actually was, you know, hinted at by the governor of California, where he said California itself is a nation state. And people forget that California is the fifth largest, the state of California is the fifth largest economy in the world. That's right. So, it's a, you know, that's another thing. Just think of California seceded, that's New right. York, you know, and various other, you know, um, states that are in that region. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe we should talk about, you know, how would this look, you know, geographically, materially, you know, how, how could we, you know, start to really propose this as a concrete alternative to, you know, what we have, you know, even though, yeah. Just to pause for a second, and Cuomo himself hinted to something similar. Yes, he did. That's because when, when, when Trump Mm -hmm. made the 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 uh, uh the statement that you know why should we be bailing out you know these states that are insolvent you know why should the other states suffer you know uh cuomo made the observation well new york state has in effect subsidized the rest of the united states by about 160 billion in the yes. last five six years yes because yes. in new york city mostly because as as you may know of every tax dollar pay, paid from New York City to the federal government, only about 70 cents comes back. 
That's it's right. about ninety percent for the ninety cents for the state as a whole. But for thirty percent interest interest that belongs to the USA. Right. One way of looking That's at right. it. You're paying thirty percent interest, uh, gangster rates, if you will, you know, loan shark rates to stay within the USA. No, yeah. but when it's when it's for the subsidies of Alabama and Mississippi, then it's a you know it's a given. But when it's to subsidize the cities, and I think. If Trumpism is anything, it's an anti-urban, anti-city movement. Yeah. This has been well, true, as you anything. know, very much since Gerald Ford, and we know this told the city to drop dead during the Municipal Assistance Corporation um, debacle, you know, and the bankruptcy, impending bankruptcy of New York City in the 1970s, in the middle 70s. And, uh, you know, we all remember the, the post and the Daily News drops for Freud, excuse me, uh, Ford to City drop dead, right? This was the thing. And then, of course, the Reagan moment, again, was a, you know, and it's been a, been a strategy of the Republican Party to forget the cities in terms of votes. That's another thing. I mean, if you look at the mayors of some of the bigger cities, most of them are Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, this, is, uh, this is something that the Republicans have said, forget the cities, and they've they've built a southern strategy. They've built a you know somewhat of a midwestern strategy, certainly a far west, far west, and uh, you know, um, yeah, and 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 definitely the southern strategy between Texas to Florida, big time in terms of their new vision. And this is broken broken up, the Dixiecrats, and then of course the you know the southern strategy that actually put Clinton in. That was the last time the southern strategy worked. Uh, you know, that came out of the, the post-World War II or out of the New Deal. You know, this is the last time it's ever worked in terms of a national election. So, um, but going, going back to this, um, you know, uh, the thing is, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, how would this work? I mean, you know, in a sense, I mean, you know, the, uh, what would be the, the steps, the small steps that we would take to, you know, begin this, begin this movement? Because I think it's a, it's a movement whose time has really come. And uh, as you know, I mean, we can extend this. Uh, I have a better, I have a larger, you know, program sort of in my mind, imagine community, which would include, you know, other states in the Northeast, you know, as part of a confederation, as well as the West Coast. And you would be able to take these two areas that have been at least a semblance of progressive thinking and kind of bring them together, you know, in, in, a, in a different kind of confederation. So... Well, the, the democratic form of cooperation is confederation, where you maintain the autonomy of the political community or communities, and they come together and, you know, a, a co collaborate with each other in pursuit of, you know, mutual uh, goals and interests and so forth. So a confederation is, you know, of course, the, uh, uh, would be the, the desired form of collaboration and we can have a confederation of course of new york city and puerto rico and you know california and you know quebec and so forth you know crete we cannot you know have all kinds of uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, the confederation of free you know right. autonomous people air confederation i like this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. good but you know and the question is the constitution then of each community uh, and how that would look, and it would be different in different places. And you know, this is where Murray Bookchin could be important in terms of the yeah. thing. Yeah, this is where Bookchin's 
work on, you know, municipal libertarianism, which again, I agree with, it's a very bad phrase, but you know, right. that's, what, that's what he came up with. But, you know, things would be local. It would be, always begin at the local local level, you know. Yes. And, uh, that's like, yeah. and it addresses many of the dilemmas on the left because, you know, from the standpoint, let's say, of the left today in the United States, it is a almost unthinkable project to be able, given all the, given how the United States is currently constituted, you know, it's really an imperial project. And how can you democratize and how can you humanize an imperial project? You know, it's, it's I think is not possible. It's, the only possibility is to eliminate the United States as it exists and to create this confederation of autonomous communities. And then we can start talking about democracy. Of course, we can talk about national health care. We can talk about, you know, free universities within the parameters of America as, as empire, as an entity that took over the entire continent. But we cannot discuss democracy, really. I think it's completely incompatible with democracy. And if our goal is not simply to be, to be well taken care of animals, as opposed to, uh, you know, not wealth taking care of animals, but to be political, politically active and have power and, and participate and have agency and have some kind of higher meaning to our lives beyond watching Netflix and, you know, shopping at Costco and so forth, then there has to be some project of, of political democratization. And I think we have to eliminate the United States. You bring up the crucial term of agency, you know, that people's agency have been, has been stolen, yes. basically. There is no agency for many people here, even Not though our, uh, our good friend uh, Josh here got his check. <laughs> He's not really an agent in terms of his political future or really what's going on. Yes. He's been stripped of that. We all have been, you know, in yes. varying degrees, et cetera. And, uh, I want to mention that Thomas Piketty's, Piketty's uh, uh, um, uh, text is the subject of a new film that just was released at the film forum, Capital in the 21st Century. And this notion of inequality and the vast, the increasing inequality, of course, is being, you know, uh, featured in, in this film and, and talked about and, you know, filled with interviews and things. But anyway, you can stream it on the film forum just as something that would go alongside this. That I, I was just saying that, well, you know, the agency now is in the hand of, you know, a transnational uh, 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 corporatism. You know, this is really what it's about. And, you know, with their stool pigeon on stage every day, Donald Trump, you know, who's making claims, you know, for the Clorox company, you know, he's a Clorox salesman. You know, use disinfectant. You know, think about this. You know, one way of reading Trump is what he sells every day. You know, <laughs> you know, it's really one way of reading him. He's kind of like a, you know, a, a snake oil salesman or Barnum and, and Bailey circus. You know, bringing out the latest product, product, and that's one way of reducing this to parity. But unfortunately, it's a very serious parity that's affecting so many people's lives, and uh, so. You know, I think the, the Peter's right. The time has come, and we need to um, we need to really think this through seriously. And you know, on on a more practical level, if the people of Alabama, you know, want to, you know, 
wait for the rapture or wait for Jesus to come back to save them. Let them enjoy their symptoms. Let them be autonomous, you know, build their temples to, to right. Jesus, you know, and do what they want to do. That's fine with me too. You know, why we have to impose ourselves on them? Let them have their politics and we have ours. Or their right. apolitics, you know, let them be servile to to uh, Christianity and we'll have our, our religion. Yeah, then we can have trade agreements with other temples. Yes. Uh, maybe Absolutely. Not. We'll, we'll be better people too. Maybe not. Well, well, there's not much that comes from Alabama. You're right. Good red clay. And, uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Football players, yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, yeah, Marx, of course, I think, the last paragraph, the last paragraph of the first section of on the Jewish question in Marx, I think, says a lot on this question. Let me read it for a second. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It says, political emancipation is the reduction of man on the one hand to the member of civil society, the ego egotistic, independent individual and on the other to the citizen, the moral person. Only when real individual man resumes the abstract citizen into himself, and as an individual man has become a species being in his empirical life, his individual work and his individualized relationships. Only when man has recognized and organized his forces proper as social forces, so that social force is no longer separated from him in the form of political force, only then when human emancipation be completed. So I think what we're talking about is exactly this making concrete. We now exist as agents or as citizens only in an abstracted sense, not in any real sense. Right. Making that concrete by bringing it to the concrete community that we are members of. Making our, our communities, political communities, where we are active participants rather than simply passive uh, uh, observers. And in that sense, that we're waiting for, you know, these people in Washington to tell us how to live, as if we can well, understand. Also, I mean, we've been waiting on lefty forever, too. You know, it's, it's time for, you know, really a change in all of this. And I mean, interestingly enough, and this is kind of tongue in cheek, but, you know, what you just read is the work of a 25-year-old man. You know, the youth should be aware of that. This is a 25-year-old man speaking. Right. You just read from the Jewish question. You know, he's 25 years old when that was written, this distinction between, you know, you know, civil society, the state, the citizen, you know, yeah. and the member. A masterful work, of course, of political yes, it's analysis. Yes, exactly. Yeah, masterful. Yeah. And certainly something worth, uh, worth uh, you know, considering in all of this too. I mean, we're loaded with text to go go forward uh, on this. So let, let, let's talk about this notion of confederation and democracy. How would we step out? I mean, this is obviously a, a discussion we should have for a very long time, uh, you know, um, and, and continue uh, going forward. But I mean, what would be the uh, the first step? I mean, in this is, uh, you know, I guess we would have legal means to be able to do this, right? That are already on the books, right? In the Constitution, right? If we can, I mean, uh, well, we go back to what? I don't know. I don't think there is. No, we would have to break. No, there isn't. I mean, I thought that uh, this was done in the uh, 19th century already. You know, we're inverting the, the competitors. 
Yeah, the South. The, 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 yeah. 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 Well, as you know, that resulted in a war. It did, yes. yes. Well, well that's what's going on now, uh, yeah. as our theme song has. Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle of the Civil War. We should be very, very, you know, uh, very sharp about this, you know, because we're really trying to avoid it to come to bloodshed and, and you know, ultimately, yeah. Yeah, because we're 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 in a situation now where needs are not being satisfied, you know, and you know, and we don't know. I mean, look, there's a blanket of uh, optimism being put over people's, uh, you know, minds right now that there's going to be a slow reopening, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> excuse me, how do you deal with a you know 26 million, maybe going up to as many as 40 to 45 million unemployed people, you know? Right. Over period of time. And then a president who's also saying they're not going to get checks forever. We're not going to subsidize them forever either. Yeah. But no plan to put people back to work or, or whatever. All this talk about the infrastructure, et cetera. So, I mean, I guess what I'm looking for here is, you know, either a point of departure where we, you know, start this and, uh, or on the other hand, uh, you know, just a starting point for the discussion. I mean, the idea is great. Well, I think as a, I mean, the, the uh, encouraging discussion debate on this issue, I think, you know, uh, it goes a long way in building certain kinds of imaginations and openness to the range of possibilities and not being shackled to the, you know, right. the failed strategies of electoral politics and somehow you know, transforming the United States, you know, uh, in, in, in a wholesale fashion. Right. Uh, you know, let's, I mean, let's, let's work on us, you know, let's, you know, recreate us, yeah. our community. Maybe that will be as a held up agency. as a new kind of idea. And that will, yeah. 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 you know, yeah. because as we know, the system is, the system is rigged in a sense, you know, you're not going to get, you know, through electoral means, this kind of transformation. If anything, you know, there is, you know, we, we, we've been, uh, there have been a lot of discussions of Nikos Pulanzas in uh, recently in terms of democratic strategies of a transition to socialism, you know, people thinking that we're on the verge of some kind of transition to socialism. Um, you know, when, when Pulanzas talked about the necessity of, uh, of, 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 uh, of the state, let's say, or state institutions and so forth, he understood state institutions as condensations or residue of political struggle. So the idea that can be no struggle outside the state was not saying, well, the struggles are in the parliament necessarily, they may also be in the parliament. He was saying any real political struggle has also effects within the state. There is no struggle outside of the state because the materiality of the state encompasses all of all of society. You see, when you have the struggle and you change the power dynamics, yes. that has an and effect very much like our or residue also on the on institutional level. You know, it's not about that's right. That's right. So I think people don't understand. Don't have very more nuanced and complex than you know most yes. of our global. 
Marx's friends think it is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think this is another. Right. Because the debate becomes couched inside or outside. Yeah, because they, there, there is a legalistic right. distinction that they deal with of inside and outside the state. Whereas for Pula and Zas, there's no outside the state. There's no outside the state. So the struggle we have in the school, in the workplace, in the neighborhood, whatever, also has, if it's, it's you know, if it's real, you know, has also effects within the, that institutional uh, So if we have a struggle that, <laughs> that turns its back on, yes, of on the nation yeah. state, yeah. No, that excellent. also transforms. And I mean, you know, in a way, one mean? thing that the, the struggle that you and me are certainly involved in has been the uh, the educational institution, which is crucial in all of this. It's not so much just, you know, the taking over of the state, it's the transformation of the educational institutions or all of our institutions. And that's where the struggle is. It's not the destruction of the institutions or the destruction of the state, as you very aptly pointed out the pool on sauce, you know, um, you know, uh, thinking that there's no outside the state, just like in technology, there's no outside of the machine. Well, there's no outside. There's that there's we no know outside. very well. We, there's no outside. So the question is, where is agency in this having no outside, no externalization in a certain way? You know, yeah. And in, in philosophical terms, we really are trapped in the Hegelian system in right. some ways, without a way out. The open-ended needs to really be thought, you know, in some ways. Yeah. No barbarians. No barbarians at the gate, to use a older There's metaphor. no barbarians. So, there are no barbarians. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I think we, you know, really need, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly continue this discussion. This is a good, good project in terms of the encouragement of discussion to start with which is always very healthy and I think open-ended open, open -ended and et cetera. I think a lot of our, um, our friends will uh, say, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, an idea whose time has come. And then a lot of other friends will say it's an idea that's uh, whimsical and, and not, not realistic. You know, but we'll, we'll go back to the demanding the impossible or be realistic, you know, demand the impossible, the, the great yeah. slogan of May of 68. And of course, you know, taken up from Che Che Guevara earlier. So um, um, anyway, uh, I think I think we should, uh, you know, maybe uh, we'll, we'll we'll cut it here, and we'll we'll go, um, you know, we'll we'll continue with this. I, I just want to mention a couple of things uh, going forward. Uh, the Situations Collective is working on a uh, a new manifesto, which is written in the quote heat of the moment and during the you know the pandemic uh, crisis uh if you will and we hope to have that out and we'll probably have part of a discussion about that on one of these prosperity marxism uh, uh, episodes uh next time we're going to have something different we're going to go to the cultural front and have our good friend dennis bro from paris <laughs> talking about his very well received book the birth of the binge which is a kind of symptom if you will of you know what Peter's talking about. We don't have agency, so we binge on <laughs> Netflix or other things like that. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, there's educational moments there as well. But at the same time, we're binging instead of transforming the space that we live in. You know, it's uh, you know, in, in a way. So very, very interesting how we become entrapped again.
again within the, the machine, and we can think, think that through too. So uh, thank you uh, very much, uh, uh, and we'll be back, uh, I hope, in a week. I hope in one week uh, we will be back for another session with, with Dennis Bro on his, on his well-acclaimed book, The Birth of the Binge. I want to thank uh, Josh uh, Colbo for uh, you know, anchoring this, as usual, and uh, hopefully he'll get a word in or two uh, as we go forward. I know he's got the, the technical uh, expertise, and he's very uh, astute and uh, concentrated on that, but I know he has a lot to say. So anyway, thank you very much. Thank you, Peter, for the usual uh, political insights and uh, suggestions going forward, and we wish everybody, again, safety and uh, good health and, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a good good landing from all of this if you will so thank you very much see you next time there is a war between the rich and poor a war between the man and the woman there is a war between the ones who say there is a war and the ones who say that there isn't why don't you come on back to the war that's right get in it why don't you come on back to the war, it's just beginning.